There's an old Soundgarden song called Outshined. It says, I'm looking California, but feeling Minnesota. I think that describes where a lot of Kings fans are right now. Uh, looking California, but feeling kind of anxious about this game tonight against the T-Wolves in Minnesota, where Kyle Draper is standing by. Drapes, can you can you can you read us there in the frozen north? I, I, I got you. You know, no technical difficulties. Your boy is situated. Got here early, Whitey. I know you always <laughs> wonder when you throw on the headset, is Drapes <laughs> going to be there or not? I'm a okay. I'm ready for tonight's game. And I tell you what. You know, I woke up kind of in a bad mood. I'm kind of down, got life going on. Uh, I walk over to the arena, and I'm like, all right, we got a game tonight. And, you know, I used to live in Minnesota. I went to college in Minnesota. Some of the finest people in the world, really nice people. And I come through security, and they find out, oh, you from Sacramento? Hopefully De'Aaron Fox ain't playing. Hopefully we send you out of here with an L. (laughs) Hopefully Anthony Edwards go off for 40. And they just talking. This is the security people, Whitey. And I'm like, I thought they were supposed to be nice in Minnesota. And so you know what they did, Whitey? They didn't awoke a sleeping giant. I was lazy. (laughs) I didn't feel like doing the show today. But your boy is ready here. Taking you up the game night. I'm ready. Let's go. How about what they did? Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) One of the keys tonight is who the heck is playing. What do we know about De'Aaron, Anthony Edwards? I I guess the slow-mo's not playing, right? Kyle Anderson is out. Yeah, he's out. He's out. Um, you know, De'Aaron Fox, I, I think it's going to be a game-time decision. Went through shoot-around today. You know, I think it's sort of a lot like what we saw the other night uh, in Denver. I mean, we'll see how he feels, but I, I hope he plays. I couldn't tell you one way or the other. He did take part in shoot-around, moving a little slow, uh, but I, I think it's a game-time decision tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised he didn't play in the last game, and yeah. please don't misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting he should play. I don't know. Guy says he can't go. He can't go, period. Um, But I would think with a bruise, it's a matter of pain management. But then I also realize if he's limping, which he has been, you know, you don't want that. that If you're limping around the court, then you can injure something else. So I'll be surprised if he doesn't play tonight. But uh, if he doesn't, then, you know, then maybe we got some health concerns with that knee. Yeah, it, it, it was shocking the other night against Denver because, remember, I went on air and said, I think he's going to play. I mean, I was in the shoot-around in, in the film room. You know, they were proceeding like De'Aaron Fox was going to play. And then he came through and did his warm-up, and I'm like, all right, he seemed fine. You know, obviously some pain there, but then he goes into the locker room and decides he can't go. So I, I think it'll be more the same tonight. We'll, we'll just have to see, man. But we saw clearly that this team without De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. They are just, I mean, it's night and day, right? I mm-hmm. mean, there, there's a reason why De'Aaron Fox is your 27-point-per-game scorer, all-star last year, all-NBA. I mean, I think he does more for this team than what just shows up in the box score, too. I think he opens it up for Kevin Herter, opens things up for Ke- uh, Keegan Murray, and so they need Foxy out here tonight. Uh, we need your your wisdom on this one, Drapes. How do we look at this game from the standpoint of a Kings fan? Kings need a win. Right, you look at the standings. Things are really tightening up. They're starting to sink a little bit. At the same time, you know Minnesota's really good. Yeah. Uh, they're an excellent team this year. They're at home, so the deck appears to be stacked against you. So, if you're a Kings fan, how do you how do you look at this one tonight? Well, that's a good question, man. Because you you know obviously you need a win. You haven't been playing great basketball. Um, you know, you, you're facing a, a Minnesota team that's, you know, tops in the Western Conference, uh, especially after OKC's loss last night. But I will say this, and I know we got the Lakers on our heels. I know we got the Golden State Warriors on our heels. But I did a deep dive into the schedule, Whitey. Mm. And it didn't take me that long, actually. It took me like 30 seconds. The Kings, after tonight, 
who have played 18 of their last 24 games on the road. Ah. 18 road games, six home games. And so this slide that they're on, whatever it may be, like, I, I think it's understandable. And that's why I think, you know, I actually think they've done a good job keeping their heads above water. Because when you think about it, 18 of 24 have been away from Golden 1 Center. That's that's unheard of. I mean, this it, it's crazy. So this wraps up the brutal part of the schedule. And if you can steal this win, come out of it, you know, I think you're set up really well for the last five weeks of the season. Yeah, by the way, the Lakers almost kicked one away last night. They nearly yeah. kicked that one away. <laughs> Our boy Jordan Poole almost had him. I'm telling you, Jordan Poole. But uh, they got a win. You know, they got a tough game coming up, too. They play Denver on Saturday, but you know what? No Jamal Murray, probably. Did you see Jamal Murray yes. get hurt last night? I saw I'm that like, he twisted. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twisted mm-hmm. ankle. And so the Lakers may be catching a break uh, come Saturday, but, you know, uh, they're on our heels. Remember, you asked me, was it yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was, Kyle, you worried about the Lakers <laughs> or the Warriors? I'm like, nah, they, you know. Well, they didn't rattled off two in a row. We've lost two in a row. And it's like that three-game lead is down to like one now. And so uh, they're on our heels. But like I said, 18 of 24 have been on the road. And it's been yeah. – and it hasn't been easy cupcakes. It's not – you know, that's going to come later when you got to go to Washington. you got to go to a revamped Toronto team. And so I, I think tonight's big – but I'm not going to fall off a cliff. Cliff, I'm telling you right now, whatever happens tonight will not sway me one way or another and what this team can accomplish the rest of this season. Speaking of the Warriors, on the way home last night, I checked in on SiriusXM, the NBA channel, and they happen to have the Warriors in the Knicks game. And it was the it was the Knicks broadcast. And Monica McNutt, who I she's really good as an analyst on radio because she jumps in, she says something concise, and yeah. then she's out. And she said some though that would that it just really drove a point home that I know has been something on the minds of uh, Kings fans. Talked about missed free throws, which we know we've been <laughs> trying to figure that out. She says, "Look, you know how I feel about missed free throws. Missing a free throw is like leaving money in the street." She said, "You wouldn't do that," and I was like, "Yes, thank you." Why are the Kings leaving so much money in the street? That's got to stop starting tonight. I might use that analogy uh, yeah, that's great. on the broadcast, yes. you know, as a great Monica McNutt says. No, you're right about that. And we talk about their offense uh, and, and the difference in the offense. Well, heck, you make your free throws, you score five to six more points per game. You know, you, you, you get your offense in a flow. Guys who may have been struggling, now all of a sudden they see the ball go through a lot. I, I just think, you know, and, and we've talked about it with the high flower. It's just a lack of focus. And I think really that's the theme of this year's King season. When you talk about their inconsistencies, we've heard other players, Kevin Herter talk about it, uh, Harrison Barnes, like the lack of focus is what's so troubling for me because Mike Brown likes to talk about the controllables, things you can control. Your focus is something you can control, whether it's on the free throw line or defensively, or rebounding, whatever it may be, focus. And sometimes during these games, you know, I, I, it's almost like Monica McNutt said: you're 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 losing yeah. money on the ground. You're 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 throwing games away, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's so frustrating. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I hope you do mention it because I know you, and you're going to say, "Hey, I want to thank one of the best guys in the world, my part, my beloved partner, for sharing with me what he heard from Monica McNett. I want to thank Whitey for what he heard. And, right? I mean, that's probably oh, no, You want me to give you some love. You want me to give you some love. I, I might do that. I might do that. 
You know, as long as you don't steal drapes takes anymore, I, I might do that. You know, you stole my line yesterday, my music, my theme music yesterday. So we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, I wasn't stealing it. I was get, I was paying homage to you. Uh, and what uh, it was, it was, and this is the thing. It was funny because when you did yours, we were on the same page. Yeah. I had one take. My drapes takes was there was no deer and fox. It was in Denver. The Kings had no chance to win that game. That was my drapes takes. That was it. That uh, was it. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you knew I would probably say that. Yeah, so you're. I get it. I get it. You're paying homage to me, That's and I right. agree with you 100. percent It's and, and I, can we say the same thing about tonight's game too? <sighs> I can't. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. What do you mean? What we got to see if Fox is playing or not? That's and, for and then sure. We can decide. Okay. Yeah, we. Got, that's for sure. You know, Jay was asking yesterday. Um, he asked me what kind of chance did you think the Kings have to win tonight, and I said. I said 40, and I said 40 because I know it looks like that might seem high. I said 40 because with the Kings, you know, they've been so up and down. They still have had those nights, like just as recently as against the Clippers on Sunday, where you go, whoa, I didn't see that coming. So I'm still, whatever that is, wherever it comes from, I'm still leaving some wiggle room for that. I hope we see it tonight. Yeah, you. I mean, you never can figure out this team, right? I mean, right. I, I look at this, that start to Denver. Like, I was shocked by that. Like, oh, my. Oh, we're uh, yeah. coming out ready to play. Let's go. You know, we got the lead here. You know, you're up by 15 against Denver. What? Let's go. Let's let's make this happen. And then it, it just went away just like that. I, I will say this. It's Minnesota team, man. This is this is a balanced team. You know, this is a, a, a team on a mission right now. This is a team led by Anthony Edwards, who's out there. You know, he left last game. The yeah. Memphis game with an injury, came back and still dropped 34. And so right now he's listed as questionable. And I don't know if you remember. Remember the game right before Christmas? Minnesota came into Golden 1 Center mm-hmm. and beat the Kings. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't just that they beat Sacramento. They enjoyed beating Sacramento. It was like they remembered that the Kings ended their home winning streak to start the season. Right. And so they were playing with a chip on their shoulder. I think tonight, I think they'll be, you know, geeked up just like that again you know Carl Anthony Towns an all-star you know looking to school DeMontis Sabonis Rudy Gobert snubbed from the all-star in his opinion and so it's gonna be a tough one man this is uh it, this would be a statement win uh for the Sacramento Kings but it, it I think a lot of it hinges on De'Aaron Fox if yeah. Fox doesn't play who steps up, man? Who's who's that guy? Like, does, does Domas got to give us more than fourteen points? Mm-hmm. Can Keegan put together a full game? What about Kevin Herter? Can he play more than twenty minutes? Like, uh, you know, without De'Aaron Fox, uh, a lot of holes and a lot of warts are being exposed. Yeah, there's uh, there's three things that I really do like about Anthony Edwards. Uh, so we've got that when we come right back. Also. I think if at some point Mike Brown wants to shake things up, to me there's only like one card left to play, and I want to see what you think of that. We're right back with that. Drive, guys, on this Friday before the Kings and T-Wolves Sacktown Sport. Kyle's in Minneapolis. Wedding Jay here in our studios. Um, getting some uh, some comments here in the chat. Drapes, I, I mentioned Monica McNutt and how good I think she is on Knicks radio. I will say yeah. I – I'd heard her on a few games, and I didn't know who it was, and I just thought, wow, whoever that is is really good. Uh, we have Maple Noob on the uh, chat says, sorry, Whitey, she is a horrible analyst and sports I- discussioner. I-, I don't know, and I-, I don't. He says that she is always rolling her eyes when people disagree with her on Stephen A. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't watch that show, but I'm telling you, on the radio, as a radio analyst doing basketball, 
her timing is just rock solid. It's it's really good. The TV stuff, uh, your opinion is your own. I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I haven't heard her on the on the broadcast on on, on games. You know, mm-hmm. I've just seen her TV stuff. But you know, you're not the only one that you know raves about her. And you know, I know she's worked with Mark Jones. I think on a couple of uh, national games too, uh, mm-hmm. ESPN mm-hmm. games as well. But she's a rising star. And, and you know, Maple Noob, you know. <sighs> As a fellow broadcaster, whatever happened, if you got something negative to say, keep it to yourself. You know, I, I, I'm not all about bashing broadcasters or, you know, so because I've learned in this game, in this business, Whitey, people think Mike Breen is awful. People think Mark Jones is awful. People think Iron Eagle is awful. And hmm. so you're never going to be able to please everybody. Yeah. And today and and the fact that you know people feel it's okay to just be like, no, she's horrible. Shut up. We ain't say you were horrible at your job, and so I, I'm not going to go that route, man. She is what she is, and I'm sure she's doing her best. And, and, and that's all you can say. Subscribe to Zach. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. give you know that's one thing we like to do though. If you have an opinion, you know, we're you safe space for it. I appreciate where you're coming from. I disagree with Maple Noob, but uh, appreciate the fact that they. Maple Noob. Maple I don't know if Maple Noob, noob is. A, don't talk about his name. I hear it coming. I'm not. I don't, I her name. Is that I'm a he? A, that's it. Is it a he or she? I don't know. Maple I don't noob care. Is acting yeah. like a. <laughs> Good for you. Appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. Oh, uh, there's man. a lot of people on the chat talking about the weather. And yeah, as we said yeah, yesterday, it looks like a storm's coming, but uh, you know, mm. it could be a storm coming up. Uh, could be a whopper. What's the weather like in Minneapolis? I tell you what. I, I seen people with shorts on in Woo! Minneapolis. It's like 60 degrees and sunny out here today, man. It's supposed to hit 70, I think, this weekend here in Minneapolis. And this is my old stomping grounds. You know, this is my city right here. I went to college about two hours away from here, you know, and on weekends we used to make the trek up to Minneapolis and hang out at First Ave and, and some of the other bars and everything. And so this is like a homecoming for okay. your boy. Okay. Anytime I walk in. You know what? As a matter of fact, when I first started coming to Timberwolves games, because my first job was in Wisconsin, this was back when Kevin Garnett and Stephon Marbury and Tom Gugliotta Ooh. were running things here in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. That's how far back I go with these guys. Wow. So it's, it's, it's always great to be back here. Yeah. Well, I know that, you know, there's the power that goes out and we have people that listen that they have to work on the power lines and, you know, trees can fall. And I know that can be really dangerous. But we were talking yesterday, Drapes, about the fact that around here, you know, it starts raining a little bit. And on the news stations, like, storm watch, you know, like, because it's sprinkling. And you got a reporter out on the street, I'm standing in a puddle. Right. You know what I mean? I think it makes us look a little soft, right? When we're, Here we are in Northern California, and it's sprinkling. Uh, storm watch, 24, round-the-clock coverage. You know, let's, I mean, bat down the hatches, but it's going to be yeah. okay, right? It's going it, to be okay. But you you know, Whitey, they, they always say it's it's better to overplay it than underplay it, you know? Because, you know, it, I it, guess, it, you know, for safety reasons. Right. You sure. Know, you want to convey that. I hear you. I don't know what it's like uh, back home, uh, back home. I mean, it's been a hellacious uh, winter so far it has like, been. with the rains and it everything. And so, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to land back in this weather later tonight. I wonder and I need to take a look at the weather app and, and see what it's going to be like as we try to land in Sacramento later tonight. I will say it looks a little scary because you got like the really dark clouds here, then it's kind of grayish and it's 
you know, this time of year, things get really unstable. And I hope everything is okay. But it just, it's almost, the sky is almost, you know, like biblical. Looks like, ooh, this could be really powerful. I hope not. But, uh, you know, best of luck to everybody and best of luck to you guys and everybody else flying. I mentioned a couple of things about Ant-Man that I really appreciate. Real quick, three things. One is that when A-Rod bought the team and they asked him about Axe Rodriguez, he said, I don't know who that is. And I oh, just yeah. love that. You love that part? Yes. It was <laughs> okay. great because I who's that? I don't know. Yep. Second is that he is bringing back the bank shot, and he has this weird fascination with trying to bank in a three. And it's like, you know, that's not really a good idea. But every so often, you'll see him and he'll try it. And he'll kind of turn to the bench and laugh. So he's, he's a really good uh, bank shot artist, but he's also <laughs> trying to, you know, he's stretching it out a little bit uh, to extremes. And then thirdly, you mentioned KG. Kevin Garnett recently compared uh, Ant-Man to Jordan. And he said, not, you know, like, not when the Bulls were winning all those titles, Jordan, but like early Jordan. And they told Ant-Man about that. And he said, yeah, I think I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> I love so that. He embraced that. Yeah. He be like, oh, yeah. there's only one mic. And, yeah. You know, I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. Right. He said, nah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It, it, it's amazing, man. When you look at this guy, I, and I remember when he was drafted first overall. And, you know, I, I didn't know a whole lot about him. It, he didn't go to a blue blood school, he, you know, Kentucky, Duke. He went to Georgia. And I'm like, man, this guy's the number one overall pick. And it quickly became his team and not Carl Anthony Towns' team. And, I, I, you know, we talk about the heart and soul of a team. Like, I envision him being the heart and soul of this Minnesota team. And I also like the fact that he wants to play. He's not load managing or anything like that. Like, he's a competitor. And he had a comment the other day talking about his defense you know, uh, guys will be going off, and then he'll be like, yeah, and then they throw me on him, and I lock him up. Like, he's not a guy that's looking to play buddy ball or anything mm-hmm. like that. He's going out there looking to put up numbers and get the win. And so we'll have to match his intensity, uh, I think, tonight. Yeah, uh, they're a really good defensive team. That's the thing with the Kings now. We, You know, the more you look into it, the more apparent it becomes yeah. that the offense is going to have to get better. That's going to have to be the identity, and that's a tall task against a Minnesota team that has done a great job defensively this year, so fingers crossed. Yeah, Minnesota, I mean, across the board, they're number one, right? Like, they're they're number one in, in, in rating. They're number one in points allowed, number uh, one in uh, field goal percentage allowed, number two in three-point percentage. Like, you know, they are a complete team right now. And I go back and I look at the Kings and what happened the other day against Denver – and I, I question whether did Denver raise their level of play and take us out or did we, like what happened with our offense after, you know, we had 47 on the board. Things were looking good. You know, 35, I think it was in the first quarter. Like what happened after that? Mm-hmm. Did Denver ratchet that their their play up or do we miss shots? And so that concerns me if it, if we if Denver just bottled us up because we're facing a better defensive team tonight. And if Denver can do that to us, I'm, I'm afraid yeah. I'm worried about tonight. Right, right. Here's the one thing I think that uh, Mike Brown could do if he gets to a point where he feels like you know, we need to shake things up somehow, some way. 
What do you think of this? And maybe I don't think it's going to happen tonight. I thought we saw indications in the last game that this would probably be the next move if he feels he has to make one. And that would be something that we've seen before this year. That would be Duarte starting and Herter coming off the bench. I think if he's going to do anything, that's like the only thing he can do at this point. Would you agree? Hold on, Whitey. What are you, what are you doing, bro? What are, what are, Whitey, you, 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 come on. Man. Something is what, missing. No, They're, but you you were just saying the offense has to get better. Uh-huh. Now you're taking out your best shooter, basically, and putting in. And I love Duarte. He's my guy. Yeah. Like, is that going to help the offense? Like, or I, I'm trying. I don't know what the answer is. And let's have this discussion, if you will. Like, what would that accomplish, throwing Chris Duarte in the starting lineup? Well, they we we said a lot yesterday. I think you were you agreed at some point. Uh, it's like something seems to be missing. Mm-hmm. If you continue to play that way for whatever reason, you have to do something. And I just think if you're going to do anything, that's like the only card he has left to play. That's the only with Duarte starting to play better. And I know he had you know it was garbage time. He played really well. Herder didn't play much. Herder after the game was uh, talking about how you know I really wish I'd played. So there are indications that Mike's already leaning that way. I'm not saying this needs to be done right now. I'm saying if it gets to the point here where they need something to shake them out of this, that's like the only thing you could do. Tell me something else you could do. No, I, I don't. I don't even think that that's an option because it's not like Kevin Herter's been playing bad. Sure, he had a bad game uh, the other day. Didn't didn't even get the minutes really. Only right. played 18 and change. But you look at the run he's been on. You know, he had one other game. Uh, it was at OKC where he struggled. But outside of that, he hasn't been the issue. And so I don't I don't know what you can do to shake it up. You know, I'm not going to react to that Denver loss and be like, oh, we got to shake it up. You know, without De'Aaron Fox, I mean, if anything, maybe you look at, you know, the guard rotation a little bit more. I'm not sure what you do, to be honest with you. And this is, you know, the the issue that people have with Monty McNair not doing anything mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. It's like the issues that this team has right now, they've had all season long, you know. And I oh, don't yeah, know that's, Chris, that's for sure. That's for sure. And I don't know if Chris Duarte is the answer. I don't know if taking Kevin Herter, I, I don't think taking Kevin. The starting unit's been fine. Like, the, you know, it, it's not that. It's. I think the lack of talent coming off the bench, to be honest with you. You know what a guy that's really struggled as of late is Trey Lyles. We need him to get back to being, you know, a key member off the bench as of late. Like, Trey Lyles, to me, gives us such a different look. And and Mike Brown has gone small a lot as of late. But when you look at Trey Lyles' game log, I'm pulling it up right now, he started off great. Like, he, he, he was fine. But over his last... Five games, six games. I got it right here. Hold on, Whitey. Like, let's talk about Trey Lyles, if you will. Mm -hmm. I think over his last six games, he's averaging four points per game, 23% from three. So he's going through a struggle right now. We need Trey Lyles to get back to being Trey Lyles and being productive. I don't know if it's a a coaching move or a lineup change or anything. We need Trey Lyles to be Trey Lyles. Yeah, um, and you have a chance – for him to stretch out Minnesota's defense tonight a little bit if he's if he's hitting his outside shot. Here's the thing on Herter, and again, I'm not saying it's his fault, get rid of him, but let's be honest. Kevin Herter, I think he, they have a bobblehead now that you can get. Yeah. Kevin Herter bobblehead, it should not go up and down like this. It should go side to side as he watches his man run by him. That's that's all I'm saying. 
That's all I'm saying oh, about Kevin Herter. And I think he really struggled ouch. against Miami. They went at him, and I think Denver went at him a few times, and he is what he is. And we know that he uh, – well, he, he was a better shooter last year than this year. We know he's one of their better shooters. All I'm saying is if you have to do something – the way Duarte looks like he's working his way back into the coaching staff's good graces, I would think that would be one of the things they would try. Maybe the only thing left to try. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I might have to disagree just because, you know, Duarte is my guy. I just worry about what, if you do that with Herter, he's actually playing pretty well offensively, mm-hmm. you know, and we've seen him struggle with his shot early on. And, you know, I think it's, you know, confidence-based when he struggles and, you know, you send him back to the bench and I know you can't worry about anybody's feelings or anything like that. You're trying to win games. I don't think the start has been the issue. Now, if you want to give more minutes to Chris Duarte, okay, I can hear that. But I don't think, you know, coming out the gate that this team has struggled. Uh, I don't think that's been the issue. Mm -hmm. Well, it gets back to what is the issue. Maybe it's just a matter, as you say, some of these guys just have to play better offensively. Maybe Herter has to be closer to what it was last year. And, you know, and I'm not looking to, you know, blame people, but they're not playing well right now. So what's going on? You know, Harrison Barnes had that streak there, that surge, and he's kind of fallen back where he's not really producing much. So maybe it's just a matter of, hey, <laughs> your players have to play better. That's what they need going forward. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I'm going to, you know, sort of, disagree with you about Harrison Barnes like the you know the streak that he was on was great I get it but it's not like he's been bad you know he had seven last game didn't get that many minutes uh last game last two games he's played under 20 minutes game before that the Clippers game he had 22 and you know the win against Denver he had 20 and so you know I I don't think Harrison Barnes is playing bad now if you want everybody to be playing at their highest of levels then you're going to be sadly disappointed like what we need is more consistency from some of the other guys. Like mm-hmm. Malik Monk has, you know, sort of uh, struggled a little bit. He hasn't been playing at a high level. He's had a couple games. But, you know, this last week or two, he hasn't been playing. We That's true. Malik and Trey Lyles, I think. That's, those are the two guys that really can help us out off the bench. You know, HB, I'm totally fine with Harrison Barnes. You know, uh, I'd like him to, you know, start getting some more shots. You know, Keegan Murray. First half, Keegan's been great. What right. about second half? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's so many different things that can uh, help this team improve. You know, De'Aaron Fox being healthy, playing tonight. And so I, I don't know, man. I, I sense the frustration, you know, uh, from you and fans, and I get it. I don't know what the answer is. I think it's a little bit of everything. You know, it's not just we could point to A or B. Like, there's about six or seven or eight different things that this team needs right now. Yeah, I think you're right. When we come back, I'll look at how good the T-Wolves are. Um, The 40-20 rule, Phil Jackson's 40-20 rule, what it tells us about tonight's opponent and the rest of the West when we come back. Drapes, Whitey, Drapes. Kings and Timberwolves tonight. So Kyle Draper getting ready for his TV duties in Minneapolis. Before we get back to the game, Drapes, before we get on to anything else, I wanted to know what you thought of a situation that I know you and I, we discussed uh, in a text uh, earlier this morning. We both know Bonte Hill, who does, um, he's a host for the Warriors pre and post TV stuff. And last night, Draymond Green, after the game, kind of went after him a little bit. Long story short, uh, Bonte says, hey, Draymond, how about that game? And Draymond says, what, is this Bonte? I'm surprised you're talking to me because of the things you said to me 
uh, when I was suspended. So it got a little awkward, and then he didn't really answer Bonte's questions, answered the questions from the other guys. What What did you think of that as a broadcaster? I mean, first of all, you know, we know how petty Draymond is, right? Like, he sees and hears everything, you know. He, he may act like he doesn't pay, but he, he's seeing and hearing everything. And and that's the thing about being a, a, a team broadcaster, you know, like Bonte is, you know, myself. It's There's a fine line, you know, and, and you know, it, the difference between, I guess, me and Bonte is, you know, I travel with these guys. I'm in a hotel with these guys and everything like that. With that being said, you know, uh, Draymond, you know, the thing about Draymond that he has to realize is, why is it okay for him to go out there and call out people? Mm-hmm. He has his platform with his podcast. It's okay for him to do that. It's okay for him to call players' names on it. But as soon as somebody, you know, challenges him just a little bit, you know, for his behavior, all of a sudden, you know, he, you know, it, it, to me it's, it's childish uh, on Draymond's part. Bonte handled it probably better than I would. Remember I told the Marcus Morris uh, story? Mm-hmm. And I, I probably would have shot back a hey, Draymond, you know, when you do great things, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader, you know? And, and I think, you know, that's uh, Bonte's role. It's like, when you do great, I'm going to highlight you. When you mess up, I got to call it like I see it. And so I thought Bonte handled it well, kept it moving. But, you know, w- what's sad about that is this isn't going to be the last time those two guys talk, you know? Right. Bonte still has to go do his job. And, and to me, I, I feel like Draymond is the kind of guy that, won't just let things slide or, you know, bygones be bygones. You know, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last time, is it the last time huh. that, you know, Draymond does something like this. Maybe Bonte goes to a practice or something like that. Or you just never know. Or at a game uh, during pregame warmups. And so it's just sad, to be honest with you, because ultimately, Bonte, you know, the Warriors' success means great things for Bonte. Draymond's success mean great things like just like me with the Kings. If the Kings do well, Kyle does well. And so really, you know, they're they're all part of the same team and, and you hate to see that. I thought that and I don't I'm not sure what Bonte said. I assume it was something that he said on, you know, the show he does with Joe Shasky. But I don't know what he said, but in all fairness, whatever it was, to me, Draymond should have dealt with that off the air. Right. Like be right. professional. Like whatever the yeah. question was last night, answered however you want to. If you got an issue with Bonte and you'll have opportunities, talk to Bonte about it. Like, hey, that was wrong. Whatever. But just right. work it out so you're not like as not humiliating a, a guy who's, you know, part of the same organization. Yeah. That was a thing that I thought it's just like, yeah, if you got a gripe, all right, deal with it. And plus, he also could have dealt with it on his podcast, but to kind of humiliate the guy or attempt to like right. that, to me that was unnecessary. No, I, I agree, and and actually, Draymond comes out looking worse. Like if he's trying to embarrass Bonte or whatever, it didn't work. You know, everything I've seen, yeah. You know, people are backing up yeah. Bonte, and and we know who Draymond is. You know, it's it's. I mean, it, it's he had an incident yesterday. I don't know if you watched that game fully. He had an incident yesterday when he whacked um what's his name uh, Divincenzo, I think it was or, or Jason. Oh, Hunt, I didn't see that. One of them. Uh, yeah, he you know was 
get going for a rebound and then came down hard. I believe it was on DiVincenzo's face and whacked him in the face. You know, they kept playing, didn't review it. But this guy is always involved in something, man. Sometimes it's okay They're to former be quiet. teammates. That's right, a former Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's a wild animal on the court, man. And I, I, I feel bad for my guy, Bonte. I should text him. I'm sure he's fine. He can handle yeah. the smoke and everything like that. But it's like, dude, Bonte's one of the more sympathetic figures. I will say this, though, Whitey. Being on the pre and post game versus having your own radio show, two different things. Sure. You know, two different things. Oh, yeah. I'm experiencing it now where I have to sort of toe the, not toe the line, but sort of, you know, watch what I say, make sure it doesn't come across as personal or anything like that. But you also want to speak your mind and call it like you see it. You don't want to be, you know, labeled a, a shill for the organization or soft or anything like that. So it's a fine line. And so I, I get the struggle that Bonte has, you know, being pre and post game host and having a radio show. Yeah. Bottom line, he was, he was doing his job. Jay, I think, did you have some thoughts on that? Not yeah. That you, yeah. I was going to, I think both of you guys are spot on with the situation. The only thing I was going to ask drapes a little more than you, Whitey on this is, is one of the things I always preach for myself is I don't talk about people's personal lives, right? right. Like I never get into that. And I know we do a pretty good job here on, with the drive guys here on Sack Sports 1140 of not doing that. But do you, and you kind of answered the question, but I, I want to ask you, do you kind of also have a, a I want to say a problem, but maybe an issue sometime where kind of vice versa, because I've been on both sides. Like I've been an athlete and I've been talked about. And of course, listen, if I messed up physically, mentally on the field or whatever it is, totally get it. I understand that. But I do think kind of like the NBA referees, sometimes the media can be shielded because they can be behind the fact of, well, I have to say this. I have to talk about it or I have to ask a question. Right. There you go. Doing your job. Do you find it sometimes where – the media, you know, like what we do sometimes can be a little sensitive when players kick back. Yeah, I think so. I think mm. so. And, you know, one of the things that, that bothers me about the media and I'm part of it is, you know, when people say, well, I'm just doing my job, you know, I'm just doing, you know, it, it, you still got to be decent. Like you still got to have some respect and you can't make it personal. Like just because it's your job doesn't give you license to, you know, make things personal. You know, Jay and Whitey, I used to have a rule, and I still do. You know, from time to time, you know, when I'd be out in the streets a little bit, I'd see players, and, you know, we'd be in bars or clubs or whatever. You know, I I think I earned the respect of players because I used to tell them, hey, you don't talk about me out here, I won't talk about you That's out right. here. You know, it's like I, I don't care what you do in your personal life. As long as you're not breaking the law, it's none of my business, you know. And I think that earns some respect, you know, from some of the athletes I've covered. But I will say I do feel at times the media can be sanctimonious. Like, you know, can, can, can hold these players to a higher standard than they hold themselves to, if you know what I mean. And so that that bothers me you know, about being, you know, in the media. You know, now with Draymond, his situation, you know, that, that's completely different. Yeah, you know, that that's yeah. that's apples and oranges. Like, you know, why you calling he's out a, Bonte. He's in the media too. He's in the yeah. media. Yeah. He's right. Both. And why is it okay for him yeah. to criticize other people and call out other people? But when Bonte does it to him, he has a problem with it. Yeah. That's two faced. Could it be how about this, fellas? And let's just remove Draymond, and I know it's hard to remove a figure like that, a public figure, and who he is because he's so demonstrative and how he operates. But let's say it's not Draymond. Let's say it's Jonathan Kaminga. Do you guys feel different? No, to me, the thing is if you have an issue with somebody, 
like Tim here on the chat says, should Draymond fake like he likes Bonte? He should be allowed not to like someone. Absolutely. But you're there. You know, how you feel about the interviewer is not really part of that. At the very, you know, at the very least, uh, Draymond could have said, I just want to say I didn't appreciate some of the things you said about me. However, yeah, I'll answer your question, blah, blah, blah. Right. I think you keep Be in mind why you're there and then deal, yeah, to a degree, and then whatever's personal, deal with that, you know, directly with the person off air. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I, I pretty much agree. I think you, you and, you know, Drapes has, had to, has told the story about him and, and Marcus Morris a few times, and you know a few other different players. Him and Isaiah Thomas as Isaiah well. Isaiah Thomas still won't come on the show, right? <laughs> He's not his guy. I <laughs> took him off my guy list. Yo, you got at first, before you go, Jay. Can you arrange a, a meeting or some or a three way phone call or something? You know, you got to play mediator okay. between me and okay. IT because that I got was you. my guy in Boston. But now he's mad at me for some reason. You gotta you gotta help me out. <laughs> it's okay. I, I can do that, peacemaker. I don't want you know I don't want him to come on and he Draymond you and then I. I know, I know, right? The one thing is, you might not, as you said, you might not be as cool as calm, collected like Bonte. So, right, yeah. right, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we got, I tell my side of the story. Hey, you know, let's handle so, this off here. Yeah, yeah. I will come back and look at the uh, Western Conference through the prism of Phil Jackson's forty twenty rule. Find out what it tells us next. Drive, guys. Kings in Princeland tonight. Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Jay running the show. Remember a couple years ago, Kyle, I'm sure you do, when the when the T-Wolves wore their Prince-inspired uniforms? Mm. You remember those? Yes. I kind of like those. Really? <laughs> okay, okay. You didn't care for them, huh? No, nah, I'm trying to remember exactly. I think they were like purple. They were kind of like King's colors. King's a, colors, one yeah. One thing that was a lot about them. Was it like purple and like green trim or something like that? I'm trying to remember uh, what it was. You know, I, I, you know, I, I got a Prince story. Can I, can I tell it really quick? Please, take like, your time. And, and, and so, grew up a big Prince fan. Purple Rain, one of my favorite movies. Loved his music. I was at a conference in Minneapolis one time. NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists. And we got word that Prince invited us out to Paisley Park, his recording Ooh, studio. Yeah. Everybody was super excited. We were fired up. So, they picked us up from the hotel. No cell phones allowed, though. So you had to leave without your cell phones. You had to leave your cell phones back at the uh, hotel. Mm-hmm. But so what? It's Prince. We're going. We're about to jam out at Paisley Park. Let's go. And there's busloads of us, like 200, let's say. We go to Paisley Park. And you walk in, and it's like this big soundstage, basically. It's massive. I'm excited. My boy Prince about to come out, grace us with his presence, drop some jewels, Maybe do a song. Half hour pass. No prints. Hour pass. No prints. So there's no food. There's no drink in here either. And no cell phones. Two hours pass. No prints. Two and a half hours pass. Prince comes out. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming out. Hope you're having a good time. I appreciate all your hard work as journalists. Uh, I got a new album coming out. Uh, keep rocking on. And then he walked off stage. Three hours, Whitey, we waited for Prince. <laughs> he had his merchandise set up. So I bought some T-shirts. Oh, buy them everything. T-shirts, man. We, yeah, we, I bought the T-shirts. <laughs> but that was it, though. And then yeah. we hopped back on the bus, and it was a Friday night. I'm on the road Friday night. Don't got no wife, no kids. Your boy's trying to hit these streets. 
and I wasted it going to Paisley Park. So, did you get no? You didn't get no hors d'oeuvres, no drink, no, no bubbly, no. No, nothing? you had to pay for it. It was like you know, oh, uh, nah. styrofoam containers, and you had to pay. And it was just, it was a, the biggest disappointment I've had with a celebrity. To be huh. honest with you, yeah, we're right? turning the music off now. Yeah, yeah at yeah. that, <laughs> and then and then so he, you know, then he passed away the, the year after, and I was like, dang. I need to let go of this grudge against Prince. You know, I need to, you know, get over that. But clearly I haven't. Clearly it still bothers me. Yeah, the, so. the, the Prince uniforms, were they were purple and black. They were kind of King's colors when they wore those. Oh. But there, there's a story. Prince, um, he came to the Orangevale, Orangevale Boardwalk. It's called the Boardwalk in Orangevale. Yeah, the Boardwalk. 20-something years ago, I don't know. And everyone was like, hey, Prince is there tonight. Prince is at the Boardwalk. So a lot of people were there as I understand it. And, you know, the cover was a little higher that night because Prince was there, and he was there all right. But after he had a few drinks and hung around, he just left. He never played. Oh, he didn't perform or not anything? <laughs> See? That's the same thing with me. I'm like, a music, right. a DJ? Yeah. Man, give me something, Prince, you know? Give me one number or something. It was nothing. Yeah. And I did find out he did meet with a group of, like, elected officials of NABJ, like 10 people. Oh, I think okay. Mark Spears might have been part of that oh, group. Sure. I need to ask. We yeah. got to ask Mark Spears Probably next was. time he comes on. Yeah. He, he was part of that group. <laughs> and I, I need to have a word with him because that, that was highly disappointing. Wow. That's yeah. too bad. <laughs> yeah. Did you get, you said you got some t-shirts though? Yeah, not for me though. I got it for, you know, wife and kids and stuff like that. And, you know, because you get there and you're so excited. They got the merch tent. Oh, man, I definitely got to get this before it sells out and all that. And <laughs> no drinks. Huh. No, uh, no, 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 nothing. They, I think they did have it wasn't even a DJ that was playing. It was just music playing. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? They just had the iPod. The right. they just had somebody the had the, the aux nano, going. Right. They had the nano plugged up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It was like somebody's playlist that was going. It wasn't even anybody mixing or anything, man. And so uh, that, that's my Prince story yeah, right there. Yeah, that's what Brian Wilson on the Giants used to call a got him. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard Phil Jackson's 40-20 rule? I'm not familiar I with have. this. Yes. Yes, 40-20 rule. Phil Jackson said years ago, to be a legitimate contender, you have to win 40 before you lose 20. Yep. And I think it's since 1980, like 91% of the teams that have won NBA championships mm. have won 40 before they've lost 20. Well, Minnesota right now, 42-17, and 17, so they've done it. OKC is 41-18, and 18, and the Nuggets are 41-19. and 19. So if you put any stock in the 40-20 yeah. rule, we got three teams in the West right now that yeah. are absolutely legitimate uh, NBA contenders, Drapes. Yeah, and I, I do know the Sacramento Kings with C-Webb and Bibby in them, they, they've adhered to that rule also. That was something they talked about. Mike Bibby, you know, brings it up from time to time. Chris Webber used to say that in the locker room. Let's get to 40 before we get to 20. And so – uh, I think, what, four teams, I think, in the league uh, have accomplished that so far. I think some other teams uh, still can. And, you know, it, it's crazy that that's the stat, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. 91% of the team. So if you haven't reached that, it's like, good try, good job, good right. effort. You know, right. it, ain't, it ain't your year this year. And uh, that's something the Kings, you know, maybe this current group, you know, as we get into next season can strive to as well, right from the jump. You know, it. it the, how I would like the Kings to approach the season is how the Denver Nuggets approach, not this year, but last year. 
like right from the jump, Denver, you know, they were in first place pretty much from December on. You know, the Pelicans mm-hmm. flirted up there, Memphis, you know, Sacramento. But pretty much from December on, the Nuggets, they, they were hell-bent on getting that number one overall seed, getting that top seed in the West. I would like the Kings to sort of have that mindset as well. And I know they want to win every game, but, you know, you see a difference. Like, if, if that's your goal, your mindset, that intensity ratchets it up, you know, whether it's against Charlotte in November or Washington in January, you know, every game is important. And that's what I felt from Denver last season. Yeah, as I mentioned, there's three teams in the West that are 40-20 teams, and you said there's four. You're right, Boston, the other one. Boston is 46-12. and 12. So, you know, they're having a, they're having a, a pretty yeah. good season. No, no. They, and they've sort of come back with that mentality, right? Mm-hmm. You lose against Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, sure, they upgraded the roster uh, by getting Porzingis and Drew Holiday. But, you know, they added some people to the coaching staff. But you could just tell they are on a mission this season. And the only thing that can derail them, I think, is a injury or They've been playing at a high level for so long. Will they run out of gas? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and so, but you know, they've been on a mission, and and that's how I would like Sacramento to think. You know, I don't want to be talking about bad losses in December and January and losing to Portland and things like that. Let's go out there. You know, this season is pretty much I don't want to say lost cause, but you know, it is what it is. But next year, man, we we need to have that focus. Uh, Looking at the standings can make you dizzy, but when we come back, we'll tell you how the Kings could end up outside the play-in party tonight. Next with The Drive, guys, on Sackdown Sports.